0: This is the official Capture podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on Caps fans? It's me, The Hockey Troll, and I'm back with that snack, of Poly Cupcakes. Hello, hello.
1: For the final time of 2023, it's true, Caps
0: fans, hope your year has gone well. Mine's gone like fucking shit, so I'm ready to let it go. But we've got a ton of hockey to be playing, or to be talking about. Not to be playing. I wish we would be playing this, but we've got World Juniors. We've got the Caps Week in Review that we always talk about. Thanks for being with us. We hope you had a great Christmas, holiday, if you celebrate. Polly, how was yours? It was good. Uh, you know, with uh with the
1: youngin' got to have a lot of excitement watching him open all his stuff. Um so yeah, I mean Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Kwanzaa to those who celebrate. It is currently in the state of Kwanzaa.
0: Uh hockey troll, how was yours? Your Christmas. Um I mean it was fucking Christmas. I hate this fucking holiday. I hate the winter, I hate this shit. The only good thing about winter is that that hockey is in full swing. Um, other than that, where we live, Polly, no snow, hardly any snow, uh, just hot and cold. I don't know. I, I, though, then it gets dark at five, you know, just a miserable time of year. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I really
1: enjoy the Thanksgiving plus presents aspect of Christmas.
0: Fair enough. I mean, you know, it's cool presence, you know, whatever. All I see is just a deficit in my fucking bank account and having to see a lot of people and doing a lot of things.
1: That's all very fair. I, I would have to say I'm
0: pretty exhausted from all the peopling. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Cap, I hope that you were a little bit more merry than I, Uh, I know that I am very, uh, and and I I would say that I'm an outlier, though. They do say suicide rates do increase during this holiday.
1: I mean, I could, it it definitely doesn't surprise me. Fair enough.
0: Well, I think we can drink to that. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right, let's pop some tabs here and get right into it. One, two, three. All right, cap fans. We well, look beyond our own pitiful problems and our own bitching about the holidays and things like that. Or you know, maybe you love this and you're doing a really good job about holding it together. Uh, there has there there is a quite important tournament going on right now that has worldwide implications and probably a good showcase for a lot of caps prospects and. NHL prospects in general, the World Junior Tournament is in full swing. It's in Scandinavia, I believe, Sweden. Is that correct, Polly uh,
1: I think it is in Sweden, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, it is. Um, yeah. And as we record at 1154 Eastern time on uh, December 27th, Team USA is one game in, not counting their preseason or their pre-tournament games. Um, a couple other teams are have played two games, but yeah, it's
0: starting to heat up over there in the land of ice. Love it, you know what? A, and you know, I think that maybe if I lived in Sweden, I would be a little bit more hype about Christmas. You know, I've lived in Germany before, lived in Italy, and typically around this time. Uh, You go to certain areas of these countries and they're covered in snow and everybody's in the holiday spirit and it's very Christmas-like. You can only assume that it's like that in Scandinavia. But to top it all off, the Scandinavian Swedes have a ton of hockey to be watching and the top-tier hockey in the world as far as prospects go, not only for the NHL but for all of these other, you know, tier one, tier two, and tier three leagues that are going to be around Europe. So obviously they have a little bit more to look forward to. I would think that the USA is doing incredibly well, but Paul, I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, walk, walk our listeners through that.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, Team USA started off their pre-tournament work with a, 5-3 Five to three win over host Sweden. And then had another pre-tournament game where they beat Canada six to five in overtime. Always love to see that. Love it. And like I said, as of recording, this episode will drop on Thursday. So by the time you listen, Team USA may have already played their second game, but they've played one game, a four to one win over Norway. And let me tell you. That Norway team was competing. They were uh, they were given Team USA's breakout and power play trouble at times. They were zipping around. I mean, it looked like an ice full of Zuccarellos.
0: Oof! You know, I think that when you know, if if you're new to the World Juniors or junior hockey, um, I think that junior hockey is both more structured and unstructured at the same time but at the same but really I think that the big difference between watching NHL and juniors is that in juniors I feel like players really start to understand the game and are forced to play a certain system and forced to really start you know, Hey, that's great that you can score 60 goals um, in bumfuck A wherever you came from, you 16-year-old kid. But here, you're going to get hit in the mouth. Here, you're going to have a, a much better talent pool that you're playing against. Here, you're going to have to play a system. And here is where I think, uh, and this is why this is a huge scouting pool for the NHL, is that you're looking at guys in this league who are, or at this level who are 16 to 21. So children all the way into adults playing against adults, even if you're 16, you know, the big buzz years ago was Darlene being the youngest ever Swedish national uh, player to play on their top team. He was 16 years old, man. I mean, you have a wide range of kids and adults, young adults who are in development and you really get a, a inside look at, what they're to like. And I feel like a lot of junior hockey is much more structured than people give credit for as far as uh, that goes in the sense of, Hey, we're going to play this way and you're going to be, you know, you, you really are going to have to play two-way hockey here. Maybe on your team at home, you're a specialist, you know, you're out floating, you're getting pucks, you know, lofted to you here. You're going to have to work for it every way.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the point where the guy, the the big fish in the small pond have to learn to swim as a school.
0: Exactly. Wow. Holy fuck. Paul, you just come up with that? I did. Pretty good, right? Woo! Snip that. That's that's a TikTok. Yeah, I think it is. (laughs) All right, so... USA is doing well, you know, and then let's be honest. And when you talk about international play, the United States is definitely a heavy hitter. The Scandinavian countries are absolutely the same way, but um, you know, there's also other, other countries that, that, you know, Eastern Europe, you know, everyone really has a a solid shot at making a name here. Um, Obviously USA and Canada are the two powerhouses, but you cannot ever count out. Any of the Scandinavian countries, whether it be Norway, Sweden or Finland, uh, primarily Sweden has emerged as probably more of a powerhouse of the three. But any one of them are no are no pushovers. And then if you look east, you've got Chechia and Slovakia who have also made runs in recent years. Russia has been banned from international play due to their doping scheme um, that has put them out of international play for Jesus Christ! I don't even fucking know how long they're out, but it's it's a while, right, Paulie? Well, I I do believe actually the
1: the issue with World Juniors is that the IIHF has banned Russia and Belarus. Oh, that's right for the war in Ukraine. Yeah. So the 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 ban that you referenced is Olympics only. Okay. But, um, yeah. So the IIHF. Um, and, you know, there's not a whole lot of chatter about it at the moment, but it is still in effect is. Yeah. Sure. So, um, you know, Russia is a perennial um, spot in the tournament. So that really and then that may be the reason that a team like Norway had an opening to come in uh, because they they operate these tournaments like European sports, there's relegation and promotion. Um, so, you know, Norway would have had to have been, you know, in the, the division two and worked their way up. And, um, I know, um, there's like five or six different levels for
0: international hockey. So, right. You know, this and is so, big... and when you talk about relevation or, uh, you know, promotion and things like that. You're talking about kind of like how pro soccer works in Europe.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, um, I think Great Britain was just promoted to their first tournament last year in yeah. a long time or something. So,
0: yeah. You Japan- have to- <laughs> what? Japan's always been kind of one yeah. pushing the envelope. Yeah. Yeah, so there there is a very
1: diverse World Junior Hockey Competition. You just have to
0: work your way below the top level, right? And this is a huge tournament. You know, we're covering our groups uh, where the USA is concerned, but keep in mind, folks, that you know Japan, South Korea, uh, Great Britain, you know, fuck, I bet even Ireland. Like, you know, there's a ton of countries who. This is open. This is an open competition. And you really have to earn your way in. And by beating teams and showing your prowess in the sport, you get upgraded into different levels of this competition, though the World Junior Championship is generally just a couple of those levels. Is that correct, Polly?
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at this tournament, the top level, there's three continents, basically. North America, Europe, and Asia, um, you know give or take, if Japan makes it or not. Um, you know, if you extend it to the women's game, Japan is usually in the mix. Uh, and then Russia is kind of, you know, are they are they Asia, are they Europe? Uh, but I guess, so, the top tournament is probably just two continents, mostly, Europe and North America. If you work your way down through the ranks, you will probably at least four maybe five continents on a given year you'll see at least one team
0: so it Somewhere. is it is truly a world tournament though yeah. the ones that get showcased are typically a couple continents
1: yeah uh i think you'd be you'd be lucky to find television coverage of anything below this level
0: right but the fact of the matter is that the tournament still it has far reaching, you know, fingers that go out to all these places and, and it's open. It is true. It's, it's a truly an open tournament. So that's also kind of, I think adds to the allure of world juniors is that, you know, Japan goes on a heater, goes undefeated in their group and then fucking goes up. That could happen or at least position themselves for next year to be part of like group a, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, The only downfall would
1: be is if you had a really strong 20-year-old class (laughs) and they're the ones who get you promoted and then the next year you've got a bunch of scrubs who embarrass your your country.
0: Sure. And of course, we're talking about this in a vacuum without any politics involved, right? which as we know, sports are rife with it. But yeah, you know, I mean, uh, of course, you know, either way, let's let's talk about how the USA and how how the how the the showcase group has been doing? Yeah, so <clears throat> USA's second
1: game is against Switzerland. Um, so, like I said, they're one uh, they're one and zero after their
0: four and one win over Norway in actual play. Because yeah. we have to we have to let everybody know. You know, again, Capstans, I hope that you appreciate us trying to educate because this is you know junior hockey is a very deep pool, and this is why for years before the NCAA has emerged as a true developmental NHL um, league, this is why World Juniors has such a magnifying glass on it. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at teams who and players who, who can run the gamut here. <coughs> Sorry. Mm.
1: You go ahead, Paulie. So, you know, Team USA, 1-0. They're going to play Switzerland on the 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And then they'll play Czechia on the 29th, again, 11 Eastern. And then you can start off your New Year's Eve day bright and early for the final game of group play against Slovakia at 6 a.m. And then the um, elimination round will begin after that. Now, there are two Caps prospects on the Team USA roster. Ryan Chesley, who's a defenseman, and Ryan Leonard, who is a forward. He has an assist in actual play. Uh, He had a couple goals during the pre-tournament so those are some guys to keep your eyes on. And then there's one bit of interesting information uh, for for Canada. I don't want to talk about them too much unless it's USA beating them. But uh, Matthew Poitras, who plays for the Bruins, he's playing for Canada. He's got two goals in his two games. And the reason this may be interesting is that he's a professional hockey player. But the World Juniors is not limited to... Amateur status, um, which if you're familiar with juniors, you would already understand that because most Canadian junior leagues, or not most, but the top leagues pay their guys. Um, but, you know, usually the guys who are good enough to be playing in the NHL when they're 18, 19 and when their birthday's right, 20 years old, usually the NHL teams don't want to let those guys go to an international tournament. Um, but like I was telling you in the pre-show, I was hearing the guys talk on NHL radio and you know, he, he's, he's doing all right, but he's, you know, there's some growing pains and some big adjustments. And so he might not be getting all the ice time he needs, get the confidence, the puck touches. And so this is a good opportunity for a team to say, you know, we want you on the team, but you need a little something, go dominate world juniors and then come back and play NHL hockey. So, uh. That's definitely what Canada's doing right now. I know there was someone else for Canada who did this a couple years ago. I can't remember. Um, For some reason, I want to
0: say Zgris did this for USA, but I don't think he did. Yeah, that's the name that sticks out to me is that got a shot at it. Um, You can be drafted and still play in this tournament. You can be an active NHL rostered player. And still playing this. So it's not like the Olymp well, it's not like how the Olympics was, at least the last winter Olympics. Um so it I, I could under you know, if for anyone who's trying to get into world juniors and like junior hockey, um, who has not maybe had a team local to them, this junior hockey where that's an mm. easy inlet it's kind of tough to understand like the eligibility requirements, but basically with junior hockey, like it's, it's a free for all. Um, mm-hmm. As long as you, the only restriction is what team you're representing, where you were born or where you, what, where you're nationalized and how old you are. So <clears throat> again, when you're 21, you're out of juniors period. You can't play junior hockey worldwide. Uh, from there you have to either go to NCAA or you have to go into a pro program like the ECHL the AHL the Southern Hockey League like whatever it may be uh and you're no longer junior eligible so junior eligibility is purely talent and age based rather than you know did you sign a pro contract did you did you make the jump to pros, right. which is different from all other sports, from my understanding. Is that correct, Pauly?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, at least, you know, if there are junior programs, it, it seems like the other sports are basically governed by pro or amateur status. They don't have this junior buffer that the NA, that hockey has. And I think buffer is the best way to describe it because – yeah, you know, junior could be amateur. You could be semi-pro, um, and uh, yeah, it's really it's really unlike anything in other sports. And we are both correct. Zigris did do this. He yeah, he went and played his rookie year for the Anaheim Ducks. He went and played five games for Team USA in the 2020 World Juniors.
0: Right, and he lit it up there, and and so to have an NHL team say this is valuable experience, I think says it all. Yeah. So, and again, you get, you get the opportunity to represent your country. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, as, as red blooded Americans, you and I, I don't think there's anything, any, any greater of an honor to be playing for the USA.
1: No, I mean, honestly, um, as a lifelong hockey player, if I was, in a red pill, blue pill situation and it was you a 10-year career in the NHL and a Stanley Cup or a good hockey career playing wherever, but you get two Olympics and one gold medal out of those two, I'd have a tough time making my choice between a Stanley Cup and a gold medal.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Absolutely. I agree. Um, But Anyways, I mean, let's. So, what are the? What is Team USA? Who, again, we've we've talked about this. This is our most extreme form of patriotism here. We are USA, one hundred percent. Fuck Canada. Uh, fuck all the other teams. We want the USA to fucking win. I would love to see the. Uh, and you know, Ryan Leonard. Uh, you know, Chesley. B- beside that national pride here for me, I want to see the USA dominate and win a world junior gold because this is a tournament that's been dominated by Canadians uh in its history. You know, what are we what are we looking at moving forward for the USA? Like did we already go through I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm yeah, already. we did. You were you were coughing up your beers. Um <laughs> it's liquor at this point it's it's Woodford yeah. Reserve. But, okay, yeah.
1: But, yeah, there's um, Team USA, Switzerland, Czechia, and then Slovakia. So, USA's in a pretty um, competition-friendly bracket. And then the uh, quarterfinals will begin. No, I mean, not that these teams aren't easy, but they're a little easier than uh, the group that has Sweden, or or Sweden, Finland, and Canada in it. Right. So... Well, after group play, the quarterfinals begin uh, the first or the second, and the tournament's over by the four, maybe the sixth. But it doesn't go longer than an extra week. And right. Then all these guys are shipping back to
0: uh, their junior teams and college teams, and or NHL teams or ECHL or wherever they're coming from. So, right. absolutely, go USA. We've got a you know. As far as strength of schedule goes, the United States has something that they can absolutely work with. I'm not going to say Switzerland, Chechy, or Slovakia are pushovers, like you'd said, by any means. But it's not like they're going through powerhouse, traditional powerhouse teams. I'm so hyped. I've got to be watch- – you know what? I need to wake up early and, and watch some of these because they can be found on ESPN+, Plus. Correct. Um, I don't know if they are there. They're on the NHL network. Oh, uh, NHL network. Okay. Well, you can find them on the NHL network. Um, maybe I'll have to use certain more clandestine avenues in which to watch this, but it's something that I should do. Yeah. And I will. Get up early, 11 a.m. Let's go. USA, baby. USA. All the way. All right. <clears throat> Cap that's definitely something you can bet on. But you can also bet on the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet. <clears throat> can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets. For betting just $5 on hockey, that's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. New York, call seven call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling, call 888 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus best expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, of responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL Hockey or of the National Hockey League copyright NHL 2023 all rights reserved reserved cap stands. We've got a ton to talk about in this Washington wraparound. I think we should just get right to it. What do you think? <clears throat> all right. So cap stands. Thanks for bearing with us. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. If you do celebrate and a happy holiday season. I, of course, abhor this season. It's always such a shit show. But if you enjoy it, I hope you liked it. Paul, I know you like this season. I do. I do.
1: And as uh, having, having a child has revamped my Christmas spirit.
0: I somewhat agree. Only somewhat, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cap Sands, we started off the week on the 20th, five days before the old Xmas, with the New York Islanders in UBS arena with a three to two overtime win. This was uh Miro's debut, NHL debut. Um he's been with us for a while now, but he's been called up from Hershey. He's been tearing it up in Hershey assists, goals, all of it. But we wanted to give him a little trot into the NHL. In the beginning, uh, you know, we had McMichael, Oshie, Milano all hurt. Though McMichael was out due to sickness. It looks like uh, Milano and Oshie are securely on the IR list, which really sucks. You know, I thought I think Sonny Milano has been a key pickup for the Washington Capitals. I think he injects just a ton of energy into the lineup. I love Sonny Milano. I thought that was an incredible pickup when we, when he got cut from Calgary. Uh, I, and he's only taken and proven that he belongs in the NHL with the Washington Capitals. Um, But as of now, those players are securely on the list, except for McMichael, who was just out for a sickness, you know, in the beginning of this, game. The Caps take a phantom tripping call at less than a minute in, and a couple guys wide open, but really just couldn't bury. Um, the Caps then got a real tripping call after St. Thomas was hauled down. Couldn't bury either, but got a few shots on net. 10 minutes in LaPierre was in for McMichael, uh, as a center capitalized off a of turnover for a second of the year, a second Gino of the year is a young guys. So you got to feel good about that. And protest collected and deli- dish it dished as the third line continues to carry the Washington capitals to offense. Now, if you look at a line who is being consistently productive, you've got to look at our third line and this is a reoccurring thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean,
1: uh, Protus is in there, digging deep, dishing out beauties. Uh, McMichael and Mantha and LaPierre, I mean, they're just
0: showing up. You know, and and there's two big wingers, right? So they're giving giving the center. They're making the center guy the small guy, right? So they're giving LaPierre, McMichael, the center. But they're beating guys up on the perimeter, and that is just through not so much – when, when I say checking, they're checking well, but it's not big hits. It's just that they're taking up space and they're making things difficult on the breakout. And then that is where Protus and Anthony Mantha, of all the people, you know, his big knock, Anthony Mantha, who has his entire career is he shears away from physical contact. He's not he, he's a big guy. He should be banging. Uh, but really, Anthony Mantha is a sniper and an elite passer. But really, the shot is what sets him apart from others. Why would you put this guy into a checking position? I understand he does a good job checking. He's been doing a job checking on that third line. You have to be. But this guy's ice time has reduced from last year. And spoiler alert, in this week, he is eclipsed. Or he is matched, not eclipsed yet, which will I assume will come soon. But he has matched his season goal totals from last year. Eleven goals, Anthony Mantha ends up with at the end of this week, and he has absolutely done uh, it. It's revenge tour, shit. Yeah, I mean, he's looking like the guy
1: that we thought we were getting at that trade,
0: right? Uh, and you know, he's, there's a lot of buzz that he said, he, 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 he's given a lot of credit to carbs and that may be, but you know, neither here nor there, but Anthony Mantha is on a fucking tear. Uh, the caps, you know, 10 minutes in LaPierre, who's in for Michael capitalized off a turnover for a second of the year, like I said, uh. In the second, though, the Isles retained possession off a good four check, and Kemper led in a wraparound five-hole goal, which I'm sure he wants back. That was tough to see. Big guy through the wickets. Hate to fucking see it. Big goalie. A few minutes later, though, TVR tweaked something, went down the tunnel, favoring his left leg. He did end up returning. With 648 left in the second, third line went to work again and set up big Joel Edmondson for his one T bomb from the blue line for his first goal of the season. Another goal from the blue line that struggled offensively this year. Love to see it. Joel Edmondson, you know, a guy that's brought in to bang, you know, big body. Let's bang. You can move the puck. We know you can. You know, it's probably an underrated or under or overlooked part of Joel Edmondson's game throughout his entire career as he's been kind of the Brooks Orpik-esque type defenseman in which we're looking for. But really, this guy can move the puck, and he's got a clapper. Um Gets his first – this is a blue line that has not lit the lamp very often, something that we needed. And then with eight minutes left in the game, the Caps who controlled a lot of the game, I thought, turned over the puck to Anders Lee. Polly, I'm just. Here's your time. Talk about Anders Lee.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the the former Notre Dame stud who helped carry him to the – uh like the 07 Frozen Four. Um, you know, every time he does something against the Caps, I just get filled with rage that a uh, grumpy old man calls him average Anders because he seems to
0: always show up against the Caps. Yeah, shout out to uh... – the Islanders never say that podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Grumpy Old Man and TJ, you know, they're, they were, I'm sure they're, they're reeling from both the Islanders being securely in a playoff spot, but also having these types of games. And average Anders, as Grumpy Old Man, like you said, uh, has, you know, and I believe Anders Lee's an American boy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Straight to the net dangled Kemper out of his fucking jock, forehand backhand move. Really It, was, a, it was it nice. was a pretty nice goal. It was it was not bad, but at the same time, goddamn it. And at this point, the Islanders had wrestled control of the game to their side, and the caps are really reeling. We made it to overtime. Faviari draws a penalty on the power play and scored off a strome snake. Dude, this thing was a total snip. Uh they reviewed it that, you know, Toronto took a look at it and it was a good goal. Disappointing that we relinquished a point to a division rival, but it's good to get the win.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, definitely you look at that, that uh, second half of the third period goal that you let up to Lee and uh, really hate to see that. Cause that's the difference between, you know, a one point and the two point swing there, but you know, the fact that they could rally and, you know, not let that late momentum swing lead to a loss, you know, I agree. You, you hate to see the extra point go to them, but it's better than the alternative and, um, you know, Caps. Good gut check win. Yeah, yeah. Gut check win in Caps 1B MVP this season with the overtime winner.
0: Yeah. You know what? I I told I I've been high on Dylan Strom ever since he came here Uh, was a very shrewd pickup. his at at the point that Dylan Strom came to the Washington Capitals. He was an overlooked player and the Washington Capitals throughout the Ovechkin era has been really good at finding value on players who have been overlooked. You know, on the roster today, look at Sonny Milano and you look at Dylan Strom, kind of the, you know, if, if you were to look at our lines, you kind of say, who's the chip on the shoulder line? And I think that's Dylan Strom and Sonny Milano's line, who are typically either second or third line. And then Dylan Strom throughout this week has been promoted as one Uh This is a guy who I love uh, and he's young. And I also love that. So yeah. good on Dylan Strom. I think Dylan Strom does a lot. And there it is, you know, hockey pedigree, whatever you want to call it. The guy is a stud. I like that Dylan Strom's on this team. But moving on, the 21st, we're in Columbus. Or uh, yeah, we were in Columbus and, and nationwide in Ohio. Caps played a solid first and actually scored a power play goal. Holy fucking shit. Right, I thought it was going to be an OV goal, but Manta tipped it. Thanks, Anthony Manta, for, you know, continuing your revenge tour, you dickhead. It could have been an OV goal, but probably not without your tip.
1: I don't know, man. I think
0: that's a fine. It's got to be a fine. Yeah, it should be. I think Mantha's buying dinner, at the very least, for the boys. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he might
1: owe, he, I think it was OV uh, uh, hamstring massage after
0: that yeah, or or maybe just like a subway fucking spicy Italian. <laughs> <laughs> one one foot long spicy Italian from Mantha to over there. Uh, the second though was much more in favor of Columbus. The caps did a good job pissing off Elvis Merslinkins. Who I really respected up until this point, uh, who was feisty, doing a good job of cutting the, the Caps offense down, had a solid PP where OV rang post four minutes left. The Caps relinquished the first Columbus goal, but two minutes later, Anthony or Protus found Mantha wide open in front for a pretty passing play for Mantha's second of the night. Third line continues to tear up, but I, I and again, I, you know, it's. 100% Anthony Mantha revenge to her at this point. Uh, he is the bona fide finisher on that line, which is what every line really needs. You know, Paulie, when we play hockey, I'm the setup man, and I feed you 10, 15, 20 different feeds. You maybe capitalize on one, one and a half. I capitalize.
1: Say- I capitalize when it counts.
0: Oh, oh, okay, all right. Fifteen, twenty—you know, one or two out of that. Hey, you know, I've I've got to let you have it, but at the same time, you know, that's that's what happens. And and Anthony Mantha is really JJ Frankie JJ here right now. I mean, just the ultimate finisher, big body boy, and I love it. Towards the end of the second, though, the Caps gave up a two-on-zero. Jesus Christ, what a fucking shit show! But luckily, the Blue Jackets were their own worst enemy and absolutely biffed the chance. Good thing that Chucky didn't go old school on that one. Langren was in, you know, could you imagine trying to break up that play? He probably would have juked himself out of a goal. But, <clears throat> you know, you look at, at, at Columbus here, and, and they're on the precipice of being good or at least respectable, but they just cannot get out of their own way. And, hey, you know, these young guys, 2-on-0, that should be automatic for any team in the NHL, any line in the NHL, but it just didn't happen for Columbus. Poor, poor Columbus. I can't feel too bad for him. So far, the caps at this point had not been great in their own zone, taking care of the puck, but luckily it's working out. The caps have not played at the, to this point of the game, the entire third in large parts of the rest of the game. Very well. They consistently failed to clear the puck and manage possession. Well, and when they did have the puck, Call it fatigue on the back half of a back-to-back, but it's been a dumpster fire. Like, the last half of this entire game, I thought the Washington Capitals played like shit. Uh, It only looked like – it really looked like the Caps were man down for large parts of the third. Though, luckily, we had Lindgren, and, you know, that was really the only reason I thought the Caps weren't getting blown out. The shittier, though – the, the shitty part about this is that crappy play resulted in the late goal from Chynikov, Uh for his ninth of the season. This is a rookie kid from Russia, and he has been a very, very top prospect for the, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, of course, a basement dweller in the Metro, but a guy who's at this point in the season getting his ninth as a rookie. Kids good. Yeah, that that I mean.
1: It may be hard to appreciate
0: when you've watched
1: the career of Alex Ovechkin, but for any other rookie in the NHL, this is this is really – I mean, he this kid's got a bright future.
0: No doubt. No doubt. And, and Columbus continued to pump rubber on net. Almost outshot the Caps by 10 by the end of regulation. The Caps eked out a few chances on net at the end of the period, at the end of the third, but it was just too little too late. Overtime, a game. Um, someone, calls
1: time, what's that? Someone called Samantha Pell.
0: Yeah. Where's Sammy Sam Pell, you know, love or mean it. Where has she been? Uh, you know, she's moved on to a quite successful career at a PR firm, from what I understand. I wish her the best of luck, but, um, you know, OT at this point, uh, we're, we're fully into it. Elvis Merlin Lincoln's Lincoln. Oh, dude, in the second, in the first period, I saw like Elvis, Elvis was, you know, doing a little too much Vegas here. He was, he was a little too much, you know, out of his shorts getting yeah. a little chippy, which I know Paulie. there's, there's two things you hate. And one that stick play. And then two, that's goalies taking liberties. And I thought, Number two is solidly in effect for this whole game, Polly. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, Mers was acting like, um, uh, you know, at, at best a child, at worst a psychopath. Um, yeah. He was living up to the goalie stereotype in every hockey movie, just wacko. And, right. you know, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm burying the lead here, but um, his the way he described the incident with Tom Wilson, um, <laughs> talking about him going for his knee and trying to hurt him and all that, and you watch the replay, and it's clear as day. He just got hit in by his own guy, and then Elvis, you know, Elvis pushed Wilson. Willie gave him a little something back, and then he just
0: unloaded on him with the blocker. I mean <laughs> – Come on, guy, get a All grip. Right. Bro, okay, so Likens was a little shitbird the whole time, but you know, it's Tom Wilson's job to go in and in cause a ruckus. Uh the this is hockey. This is hockey, okay? And you know, call me old school, which fuck. I would never have thought that I would be considered old school, but I'm 100% considered old school at this point in my view of hockey. But, you know, Elvis versus Lincoln's was a shipper at all games. Demon shoves St. Thomas into the net where he was subsequently attacked by Elvis. You know, he's trying; he's in the net. Elvis's stick is also in the net. Tom Wilson's getting up. His stick's in the crease. He's just trying to get up. And, okay, Tom Wilson takes a shove into the net, which is fine. I think that is completely okay by Elvis to say, fuck you. You're in my net getting a shove and then we can go our separate ways. But instead he gets shoved in and then pursues it a little bit more. And then Tom Wilson, St. Thomas himself, uh, blessed as he be, you know, takes his, takes his gloves and gets his uh, on top of him and is trying to like use him as leverage to get out after being shoved in. And then all of a sudden Elvis, you know, rock and roll just takes the blocker and starts feeding him while he's down. Now captains, if you've never played hockey and if you've never touched a blocker, that thing might as well be cement. The, yeah. the, the, the construction of a, of a goalie's blocker is an incredibly hard, rigid surface on the top, some foam on the bottom, another sandwiched in by another incredibly hard, rigid surface. And then there is a very, very pliable glove on the bottom of it, which has very little protection. So the blocker is truly a weapon when you start shoving it into guys' faces. I would rather fight a guy bare knuckled than take a goalie blocker to the face. Polly, do you agree? Absolutely. I mean, I'd almost,
1: I mean, a goalie blocker to the face can't feel much different than a cross check to the face.
0: Right. I mean, it might as well be a stick flung yeah. at you. You know, it, it's crazy to think that, a blocker to the face should just—that's just the goalie being a goalie. No, that's fucking assault, brother. You know he—you he, know the 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 goal the goalie blocker to the face hurts hardcore. And you saw St. Thomas come out from the pile after being very restrained. Let's be honest. If Elvis Lincoln's in fully full goalie gear were to square up with tom Wilson in full player gear, he would be immediately blocker as a weapon, whatever. He would be completely outmatched in a fight, just based upon gear selection alone. And I thought Tom Wilson St. Thomas was incredibly uh restrained in his payback. He threw Merz Lincoln's helmet off, which a goalie helmet from the back to be stripped is incredibly easy to do. The goalie helmets don't have the buttoned up attachments in which a player helmet does. The goalie helmet is designed to create space between your face and the cage, which is why it is so uh, oblong in design. It is meant to stop shots, not punches. So, as soon as Merz Lincolns lost his helmet, you saw him reel and get away from Tom Wilson. If it were to be a true knockdown dragout fight, uh, Tom Wilson would have left Merz Lincolns toothless. This is a psycho play by a goalie. Straight up. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. crazy. You, you, you and, and I saw Columbus fans saying, you know, Elvis won the fight. And it's like, no, Tom Wilson let him off because you feed a guy three or four blockers while he's down. That's some bullshit. A, a, a blocker is incredibly rigid and hard. It may as well be a weapon. Um, it was tough. So Mr. Lincolns loses his cool. Gets the only penalty, which I thought was the exact right call. I don't think I think I feel, like I said, I think Tom Wilson let him off. St. Thomas and his his benevolence let him off. What do you think, Paulie?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he showed tremendous strength and maturity as a professional in his career. Divine, uh, if you will. Divine yeah. I mean, I think that St. Thomas knew. He was like, you know what? My buddy's birthday is coming up. So
0: I'm going to show a little Christmas mercy. And turn the other cheek on on, on our, yeah. our Lord's and Savior's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Call, You got to inject a little bit of Catholicism into this shit, no matter how much or how less we believe in it. But to finish it all, Elvis Lincoln's rightfully, I think, Gets the only call, which he should. It's a roughing call. And, okay, hey, fine. You know, you're the goalie. He was in your crease. He got pushed in, whatever. You know, you want to fucking bitch and moan about him going after your knee. He slew footage you earlier in the game. Gave you a little little check earlier in the game. You know, whatever. Get over it, dude. Say fucking tennis. But at the same time, fine. You got your licks in. Now you're going to pay the price because – Everybody knows that you have the upper hand here, especially when you're standing over a, a no matter who it is, whether it be a saint or a mere mortal, you, you're you're there and you're feeding him blockers. That's just how it goes. So he gets the roughing call. And then finally, to finish, Ovechkin scores gold drought over OT winner. I screamed. I screamed so loud. I scared my family. Yeah, I almost dislocated my uh, my shoulder
1: because I was watching it on my phone. My head, my hand was behind my head. I was laying down and I didn't have full range of motion because my head was on my hand and I almost popped my shoulder out. Tried to fist bump. <laughs> you almost injured
0: yourself celebrating. Yeah, I fucking love it. And after all of it, how about all the boys chirping Elvis? Because they knew. Yeah, You did this to yourself, you dickhead. Yeah, that was just beautiful. I love it. I mean, I think that people watch hockey for the drama. And this is what I would consider high drama. I mean, the boys chirping Elvis after their dub, Love it. I love hockey. This is a moment in which I love hockey, right? You know, this is why I watch. Uh, Something, though, I will say about the power play after this just in general, why not try the riskier skip pass? So a lot of times we see the umbrella set up, right? You know, and then it's a modified umbrella. Up top, you've got what seemingly is a one, three, one. Uh, and and really though, it's a modified like two, two, one or a three, one, one, um, and it moves. But how come We can't thread a pass, and there was a stick lost, but why not risk that skip pass? Backstrom did it a lot. The Backstrom to OV connection, cross ice. Why not try it from the opposite half wall? On the 4-on-3, Strom did it for the win, but it seems like it's available on the 5-on-3. I get it's risky, but I have faith in our – our doggedness, the whole team's doggedness on the puck. Like, why not, why not just go for it there on on the across size shit? I, I don't know. Maybe just a fantasy, but I would love to see Ovi get a couple different looks because this when when the puck is on the opposite half wall of where Ovechkin is, this is where you're actually gonna see Ovechkin have space. And with this, this was not a this was not a one T from the Ovi spot. This was a settle the puck and just snip it, snip it. And it wasn't a hard shot. It was a little snapper, short side, on Rose Lincolns. And now he has to answer to all the media as to why he costs his team a loss.
1: Yeah. I mean, love to see it from Ovi. Get it together, Elvis. (laughs) <laughs> and it's good to see the power play
0: this week getting some stuff to go Exactly. I mean, still well below league average. But, fuck. I mean, if this is a time in which the power play needed to shine, they absolutely did. And even more kudos. It's a double win, if you will, that Ovi scored. Yeah, always. Yeah. Moving on, though, on the 23rd, the Washington Capitals came back home. They played Tampa Bay Lightning, who are, you know, from a division in which many and the hockey talking heads in the hockey circuit say is the strongest division in hockey, I think still. I maintain that the Metro is still the hardest division to play in in hockey. And you can see that from how the Metro just bullies each other. Every time they play, you know, tonight, Sunday, the 28th, that we're recording the Pittsburgh Penguins, Jesus fucking Christ. And I'm going to give them props to them. Just put up a field goal, an extra, or I mean, put a, put a touchdown, extra point up against the New York Islanders, which is thanks Pittsburgh, because you know, now when we play them next week, they're going to be full piss and vinegar and trying to come back on that. But, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins who have been, down and out for the majority of the season, if not all of it, are now making a comeback. But you know, there's so much bullshit that drama and, and having that uh having that uh kind of you know need for each has been rough as far as the inner squad bullshit but on on the 23rd in Tampa Bay, 2-1 shootout loss. McMichael's back in highly contested for his period. It was clear both of these teams came to play. Both teams were pretty even until a shot from Hedden got tipped in by Glen Denning. Um both yeah. teams oh. slugged out for the rest of the, the second until Mantha, again, you know, sp- surprise, surprise, Anthony Mantha back on his revenge tour. Got his 10th Gino of the season. How about Mantha right now at this point? His one goal shy of his total for last season. He's 20. He's, he's 30-something games in. He's halfway through the season that he played last season. He played 67 games last season. He's one goal shy of beating his goal total for last season. It was a tip-in off a shot from Jensen. Later in the period, Jensen scored again, but it was offsides. As they said, Edmondson didn't have possession of the puck entering the zone, so it was taken down. And I don't know, Pauly. What do you think about this offsides ruling?
1: Uh, I think you can just chalk it up to another um, another. Well, – I'm trying to think of how I'm wording this. Uh,
0: the Caps are once again on the wrong side of the coin flip. Right. I mean, luck's a bitch. Uh, and at the same time, the Washington Capitals have been on the shitty side of, of the stick. Hopefully, this turns around. But the rules are the rules. Um and you know, I think it's really just a shitty bounce of the caps, resulting in a league-wide conspiracy. I think the frustrating part of the offsides occurred well before the goal, and a couple changes of possessions even happened post entry into the zone. The Washington Capitals were absolutely dominating possession during this this rush, and 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 still got called back. I don't know what you do there. Like at that point, like you should probably roll the clock back. I, but they didn't. Yeah, you would think they would. Right. But they didn't because that's the logic in which the NHL fucking dumbass league operates on. The game, though, post this tie, you know, post this tiebreaker, continued to be a dogfight, though. Through the second frame, we saw the ice tilted the Caps way. Both teams seem to be peaking, though, this game as far as effort and ability. Man, I I really do think this is like more of a playoff environment game. And I I think that everybody felt that Uh, the announcers the people who are watching everybody at one point in the third the caps outshot the lighting by 11 shots though it felt like a very back and forth game with no clear dominant team in the third i'm impressed by the caps defense standing up to the high powered offense of tampa bay you know tampa pumps a ton of shots on net and they're very good sh- you know they do not just look for the easy shot they look for the the sure thing and I thought that our defense and our goaltending held up very well against it. The regulation period ended in a tie, and OT ended with no blood drawn, though a scary moment at the end of OT OT, during a big push, ended with Chucky jammed up, hitting his elbow, probably hyperextending it, appeared to be just a stinger. Kemper came out, started to stretch, a little smug, you know, What a life it is. If you haven't read Ken Dryden's book, The Game, you should to know what really goes through a number one or a number two goaltender's mind. Hey, you never want to see your counterpart be hurt, but at the same time, you want them to play good, but just not too good. And I feel like that's probably something that Kemper is thinking. What do you think, Polly?
1: Yeah, I mean, Kemper's probably thinking, I hope – uh, we win a lot of f- f- five to four games when Lindgren's in net, So that, you know, right. his
0: stats aren't good,
1: but the team's still winning.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I can't blame him, man. And then, you know, of course you look back at the history of the NHL at one point, there was only one goalie allowed rostered, uh, you know, Terry Sawchuk. you know, these types of uh, that era and the original six is that if Terry Sawchuk were to get, his femur snapped into 15 million pieces, which would be the only thing that would take an NHL goalie out at that time. They would have to ask the crowd, Hey, any college players, any guys that can at least have the nuts to strap up and go in. That was the level of the league back when this whole tradition started. And at this point, obviously now, NHL teams can carry three goalies, four goalies if they even wanted, but having that backup is such a, is, is huge. And in ultimately for the product, when you look at the game, you got to have a, a backup goalie. What if, what if a goalie gets run? What if a goalie pulls something? What if it's over for that yeah. goalie in question? Traditionally back in the day of the original six, they would have to just play it out unless they couldn't stand. Yeah. And and that's why hockey is the original tough guy sport. Anyways, in shootout time, Kuzi did the slowdown, which is incredible. And he changed it up. He went left side. He's a lefty. And he went left side and snapped far side low post, dinged it. From his vantage point, though, dude, when you looked at the replay of this, that was totally covered. Vasilevsky had him beat there. And he only relied on the speed and timing of his shot for Vasilevsky to go down to open a literal centimeter of goal for him to just ping post and go in. This is why if getting Kuznetsov is an elite player. He can see that and and know into the future how a goal is going to react, which is why he's so deadly on 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 the shootout though. I wish I would see, I could see him be more deadly in five on five play, but you know, we won't go there right now. That's a whole episode yeah. worth of content. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a beautiful goal and everything you said is right. I mean, it was, it was anticipation knowing where, where he would be. Uh, I was just,
0: it was one of Kuzi's bests for sure. I'm blown away by the foresight and just the, the shot placement. And just, you know, you can have that inkling in your head, but to actually execute is fucking insane. Um, yeah. Edmund, though, event, eventually finish it with, I mean, just a nice backhand C bar down. I mean, what are you going to do there? Charlie Grin was hung out. He tried his best. It will, That's a goal in any league. Let's just say that. So at this point, you know, the Caps have won a shoot. Uh, they've, they've won two and they have lost an OTL, a shootout loss. And they go into Madison Square Garden where things did not go well for them. The first period was sketch. The first 10 minutes was super sketchy for me. The Capitals were struggling to keep up. But then they ended the period in very dominant fashion. They ended very even. JC even got a penalty. Um and and Mallenstein ended up drawing one. I think it was a bullshit call on JC. Uh, but Malenstein drew one at the end and would carry over to the second. The second the caps kept the pedal of the medal and mantha absolute. and again, I mean, here's where you talk about guys who can fucking see the future. Anthony Mantha, and this is why Anthony Mantha is on this team and his stayed despite his zero or negative trade value, this is where scouts and teams and, and, and other players in the league respect Anthony Mantha, not only for his skating ability, but for this gifted release. I mean, you look at Anthony Mantha in the way that he... Massages the puck He doesn't handle the puck He caresses that fucking thing It's almost like there is a thin veil of air Between him and the puck His stick and the puck And it's beautiful I will say that about Anthony Math now do I think it's sometimes It's sometimes too delicate Yes But here is where you see why that pays off And he absolutely airlifts this puck On a fucking laser To the far side Top corns Upper 90s absolutely sniping one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League five minutes into the second. He's officially reached, at this point, last year's goal totals. Unfortunately, though, the rags weren't done. They ring up three quick ones in the second, and it was absolutely downhill from there. Paul, you saw the third. I didn't get to see it. I was actually, shout out, hanging out with Fred of the podcast, Nick Terrany from Barstool Sports. Love to see that guy. He's doing good. Shout-out, Nick. But what happened in the third?
1: Well, it was uh, a whole lot more of what you just said at the end of the second there. Um, The the Rags really just – they were shutting everything down. They um, they, they ended up getting two more goals in the third period, and it really seemed like they were stifling every effort the Caps had. And when the Caps did seem to get the puck through – Shesterkin was just unbeatable. Um, uh, tonight, at least in the second half of the second, in the third period, the New York Rangers looked like the team that their points are showing there are.
0: They are. Top in the league, man. I mean, they're they're in match with <laughs> – check your fucking shit. The Vancouver Canucks <laughs> right now is who they're at the top of the league with. Now, is this real? I don't know. The 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 New York Rangers have done an excellent job of rebuilding, blowing up and rebuilding. And we've talked about that ad nauseum in the past years of this podcast. Uh, last year was the time for them to double down. This year is a time for them to triple down. And next year will likely be, down, be the time for them to quadruple down. They are a win-now club. The, the New York Rangers are. They need to win now. They need to do whatever they can to win now. Um, you know, and you, and you look at this and it sucks to be absolutely downtrodden by a Metro division rival, the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers have a ton of bad history, but at the same time, you look at it a macro, you know, when in doubt, take a step out, we're one and one against the New York Rangers we're 500 right now on on the record and we absolutely embarrassed them in you know a team that was hot we smacked them up in capital 1 we go to their house they embarrass us a bit i think this is par for the course though i would have loved to see the washington capitals at least muster out a league average offensive effort and 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 here is the crux so now that we're taking this team seriously I love the Washington Capitals structure. I love their the Washington Capitals defense. I absolutely and their goaltending and I absolutely abhor their power play and their offensive whatever they're calling that. The Washington Capitals have pumped the least amount of shots on that in the entire league up to this point. I would love to see just a little bit more volume though. I, the problem that I see is that I don't think that the, they're getting lack of chances. I think that they're getting lack of placement per player who is just, I don't know, you know, it's, it's miss small or shoot small, miss small. I don't know what it is. It seems like they're shooting small, missing big. And that's a huge problem with the amount of snipers that we have available. I just do not think that the, the the Washington Capitals, when you look at their roster, have that top-end sniping talent. And when they do, it comes by the hand of third-liner Anthony Mantha, who's getting a 13-minute 13, 13 average on ice, which I don't mind. I think that deployment is proper for a third line. We've talked – Poly ad nauseum about how the third line in the NHL is the hardest position to play. It, it, center, winger, whatever you want to call it. Being on the third line is tough. You can't relinquish any goals, and you're expected to add to the offense. Yeah. Washington Capitals third line has done that in spades, all of it. Now, where are our top six? That's what's pissing me off right now. If yeah. we could just see even moderate Ovechkin S numbers. From the top six, we would be a totally different team, but we're missing top-end talent like TJ Oshie. You know, Alexander Ovechkin has has been there, but but not goals in which have fallen in the past are just not going through. Call it luck, call it old, call it whatever you want, but the fact remains that that is there. So, hockey trolls, incredibly critical takeaway from this is that look in recent games i've seen the washington capitals not have to not opting to take the perfect shot which i like again something that we talked about 2 weeks ago that i thought they need to up their shot shot volumes they're doing but now we need to see some actual snipe some snipers some 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 actual great shot placement it's a process, and I think the Washington Capitals, I hope the Washington Capitals will get there right now. Third line's carrying the water. But, you know, I mean, Pauly, what, what do you think? Um, I, I mean, I don't
1: disagree with that. The third line is doing it. Um, I think the, the top six needs to produce more quickly and more of it. Um, I think we need to see more scoring from the blue line. And, um I mean, we need Ovechkin goals. And yeah, what really the Capitals need is for the third line to keep doing what they're doing, while also the top six
0: replicating or surpassing it. Right. And I will play devil's advocate here because the third line has since through this week been promoted to the second line, which they're the third line, okay? They're – They are an incredible third line. I like Mantha, Protus, McMichael as a third line. I think that that is. You're going to find so many mismatches with that, especially against teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Teams that are top-heavy, you're going to see so much opportunity with that third line that it's unbelievable. If only we could get our top six to start firing. I would love – I would love to see the mantha mcmichael Produst line get downgraded to the third line again to become a bona fide third line and then our top six start to perform. Now we have people in the stocks, right? We're, we're talking about Max Paco this is a 20 goal, goal guy from now. You put him in and I expect 20 goals from this guy, would love to see it. We need a couple of snipers, who knows what's going to happen. I guarantee the Washington, you can see the amount of money moves and the roster moves that are going on between A, the AHL, Hershey, sending LaPierre and uh, uh down, uh, Miro down to the AHL. Uh, you know, trying to jockey this stuff. The Washington GMBM has options, he's doing things to go through. Uh, and, I, and I absolutely think that it's in the works. Having patches in is going to be huge, and production and, and add, injecting life into that top six is going to be key for the Washington Capitals right now to be an actual contender from a homer rather than just a team that's hanging around in the wild card and in the top three of the Metropolitan Division up and down. Last week we said, though, that they were going to go 3-0. They actually went 1-1-1. and Probably we were both wrong. Fuck us. Yeah. Ovi had one goal. We said we he'd have two. Also, fuck us. <laughs> Next week, we've got the 29th, the 30th, another back-to-back. Two back-to-backs in this week. We've got the 29th and the 30th. Isles at the Islanders. Back home with Nashville. And then our... Hated into me in Pittsburgh on the 24th, or I mean I'm sorry, the second, and then back at home in New Jersey against New Jersey on the third. You know what, Polly? We're going 0 4. This is a bad week. Damn. 0 4. Reverse uh, karma right now. Oh, well, I'm
1: gonna go three and one just to offset the energy. Good, good.
0: Ovi's not gonna score a single fucking goal. I think he's going to score three. I'm 100%. The Washington Capitals have serious problems. And I think that they need to really just pick it up here. Got some comments from Connor. Been saying that for the past three weeks. The Caps had the offensive uh, power like the past. We could easily be a top team. I agree. But hey, you know what? You either have you either have these or this or that, right? I mean, it's tough to build an NHL team. You know, let's be let's be honest. But Connor, thanks for the fucking comments. Shout out to you, bro, on Twitter. But look, man, I mean, the Washington Capitals are not in turmoil. I think that their their structure, what Carberry has done to this team has been amazing. He is squeezing every ounce of performance that could be out of this. If the Washington Capitals can break through and actually show league average or beyond offensive, offensive prowess. The Washington Capitals are a very dangerous team. Defensively, the league's on notice defensively and goaltending wise. The league's already been on notice 10 games in. They were on notice. The league knows that the Washington Capitals are a tough team to score against. And I like that. And maybe that's our new identity before we had, it was get pucks in deep. Defensively, we may be a little shoddy, but hey, you know what? We got pucks in deep. We banged on the forecheck, and we created chances, and we had top-end scoring talent. Now it's the opposite. The Washington Capitals need to hone in on their, on their identity, and that is being an incredibly good, structured offensive, a defensive team, and let's just get some fucking league average offense out of them got the gaps again
1: yeah it's a beautiful thing all right ollie what do you think oh yeah you know, i mean definitely what you're saying there uh i mean league average for sure um i'd like to see it a little higher but i agree that with the way they're playing if they can just elevate to that level them will be seeing a drastic increase in their success. Um, I think the offensive production is really the only thing holding them back right now. Because, uh, like you said, goaltending, defense looks good, um, and you know you get the you get the big boys scoring more. And I think that that's what would be that's what would tip the scales
0: to make the Capitals catch everybody's eye. And at this point, I think we're going to have to look outside the organization. I think that Brian McClellan is going to work some magic and I want him to get a 23 to 25 year old 20 goal last year's scorer on a shit squad who he knows will ring up 40 next year, but also contribute 20 to the Washington capitals this year patches comes back and Patches gets healthy, goes in, and I I think it may fix itself. One move. The Capitals have been known for the past two years to be in the market for a top-six scoring threat. They need to pull the trigger. Yeah. All right, Capstance. Next week... We're not going to have an episode until Thursday. We hope you enjoy your amateur holiday of the New Year's. We hope you ring in the New Year's. Next week on Thursday, we're going to have a good good epi for you. We're going to do another thing like this. Happy holiday season. Until next Thursday, hockey, chocolate, cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, The Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow me, Holly Cupcakes, at
1: Holly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.
0: Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey on social and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out or we're not friends anymore.